No, it's really what's going on, everyone? This is Chain Joku, Sneaker Principal, and I'm here with my brother. Introduce yourself. Hey, hey, T. Archie T back in the house again for this episode of Ivy League Good Rats. Good to be with y'all this evening. Ivy All right, League let's Good get Rats. In, man. Yes, sir. So first of all, I got to tell y'all something. Before we even start, I might be a little loopy right now because I'm in Denver and did nobody tell me about this oxygen elevation nonsense. I'm walking around here and acting like, like, feeling like I got asthma. I'm like, what's wrong with me? I don't have asthma. This elevation it's crazy. As a matter of fact, how come the Denver Broncos don't got like 10 Super Bowl rings? Like, how do you compete in this? Archie, you play ball oxygen. like I did. You, you play on a high level. Oxygen. oxygen. Okay. But right now, I'm they feeling come, like... They, they give them oxygen masks on the sidelines. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, give them oxygen masks. But you're, you're, on a, you're on a high floor. Like, I'm, a, I'm up high here. To, to tell the floor, to tell the floor, but yeah, they give them oxygen on the sidelines. Man, this is but tough. I never play football in them. Yeah, that's tough. But ladies and gentlemen, those of you watching right now, the quality might not be as clear as usual right now. I am in Denver. I'm on a business trip, and I told myself, like, you know what, though, I, I still gotta do this, you know. But then, what's interesting is my brother right here is doing what right now as well. I'm on the move. I'm on a business trip. I'm I'm in Hoboken, New Jersey, on a business uh, trip. You know, I'm always on the move. I think they caught me last time in Memphis, and now I think next week I might be broadcasting again from my office before I head to Houston, H Town. Shout out to you. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I've been kind of violent this week, man. Uh, uh, well, but still, shout out to H Town. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. All right, peace, my brother, my amigos. That was crazy. Um, but um, I yeah, might be, yeah. but, but I might be in Nickel real soon. We have we have something boiling up for for Maryland, for Baltimore. So um, but I'll definitely yeah. let you know. Yeah, you know. So we yeah. might we might end up doing oh. an episode together in the same space. In the same space, we're gonna have yeah. to do that anyway because you know I'm, yeah. I'm back and forth to New York. But yeah, hey, for sure, let's for do sure, it. For sure, for sure. So we're gonna get into the, to, into this this episode. If you're here with us, first of all, apologies for that we're starting late. Technology in the hotel, trying to get the Wi-Fi connected and all these different things. And if you even knew how much equipment I got, to travel, I had to travel with just to make sure that this happened. Um, but again, thank you for your patience. And we're here this evening, Ivy League hood rats, talking about whatever comes to mind, especially whatever is happening in, in media and whatever you know comes to spirit. One thing I want to say is this: right now, as you can tell. I don't have the, the, the scroll strolling under the screen because I'm literally not in my regular studio setup. But however, if you ever at any point want to join, join in on a call with us, all you got to do is, is type into, into your Google or whatever platform, search platform you use, um, tinyurl.com slash call T-S-P. You know, again, tinyurl.com slash call, C-A-L-L. TSP, TSP, the sneaker principal, TSP. You call that, and you're going to be literally pulled into this conversation. You will be on video, so you can keep your camera off if you want to be, if you want to be anonymous. And the other thing too, don't listen. If you try to be anonymous, I say, did I say unanimous? I meant anonymous. If you want to be anonymous, do one thing. Please do not well, put your same. real name in there. Can you hear me? I lost sound. Oh snap! 
Testing, testing. Hold up. All right, if you're still here, again, listen, it's clearly technical difficulties. I'm hoping that I can get my brother uh, Archie back on again. He's jumping back on. And hopefully he's on. No, he's still not on. So he's going to call back again. So again, you know, you can call in. Momentarily, this, this episode is going to be a little, a little crazy. I'm still on. I can tell. I'm still streaming. But I'm, he's having difficulties being on here. But as soon as he calls back in, we're going to jump on it. Okay, here he goes. I think he's calling right now. And let me put him back in. Are you there? I'm back. All right. So I'm here back. You go. Okay, so it was you then. I got kicked so, out. But yeah, and I, the bandwidth probably kicked you off on, on my end. So this might happen a couple of times. But ladies and gentlemen, you got to accept it. This is what we're doing when we're on the road. But let's, let's just get to the meat of it. So Archie, I got something for let's you. get to it. I got something for you. Okay. So my sister hit me up with, with, a, um, with, a, uh, with a video clip from maybe it might have been YouTube or TikTok. So check this out. In the state of Washington... State of Washington, as soon as your child is 13 years old, they can be medicated by by a, let's say for depression, for um, or they can be medicated to, to aid in gender identification or whatever that process is without your permission and without your knowledge. So the guy in the video was complaining that he said what had happened was the school had called him saying during the break, they had a break, it might have been over the summer, Called him and saying, um, your son did not pick up his depression medication. You know, he needs to pick it up, you know, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, yeah, he's on he's on depressive meds, you know, given by the school. And he's like, how come I didn't know this? But in the state of Washington, it is actually law at 13. They don't have to tell you nothing about, you know, what's happening with your child in school, especially when they're being medicated. And I was dumbfounded. But something to myself as a parent. It's a very little you have control over. But one thing you have control over is what happens to your child in that space. Maybe I'm tripping, but I was like, this is a good way to, to segue into our conversation tonight. As a parent, what do you think about this, Mr. Mr. Tyson? You're, you're not tripping at all. Um, it's, 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 I think it's, it's, Again, I think I said it the other week. It is liberalism gone mad, right? Um, um, this is this is how you end up with the rise of the far radical right is because you know, and I and I'm I, to be clear, like yeah, I swing more on the liberal side of anything, but like not on the crazy super liberal left side. But when you enact laws that allow my child to receive all types of medical care, right? My child, right? Not my adult, not my young adult, my child to receive all types of medical care. Uh, I'm unaware, like just as a parent, as a father, it's, I don't even have another responsibility in the universe other than to protect my my children at all costs. That's, that's my primary function is to protect my family, my wife, and children. That's what I signed up for 
when I got married. That's what I signed up for when once you have a child. I don't even know what's wrong with all these dudes, uh, ladies or whoever else, that that they don't see that as their primary function when you have children. I want to make sure that they are okay and well. And how can I do that when you're allowing them to take drugs or whatever that could have whatever type of side effects? And I'm I'm unaware. Not saying that some kids might not necessarily need that. Um, and that doesn't take away from a kid's ability to think and be a person. But you're a person also living off of my diet. Yeah. Enjoying my lights. Enjoying my food. Enjoying my clothing. My gas. My transmission fluid. My tires. You know, and all this stuff. And, like, you're telling me that, like, I don't need to be in the know because if something goes wrong with any of that, you know, you you've essentially cut me out of the process of making decisions that are best for my children. And I know in the spirit of that is that, you know, you do have some people that are unfit for parenthood based off of their actions and their abusive actions towards children. And 13-year-olds shouldn't be making those type of decisions independently. And brains aren't even finished fully developing yet. I don't want to get into psychology and the biology of it. And their brains aren't even fully developed yet, right? So, you know, I, I think that, uh, again, when I say sometimes that folks on the left take it too far that's an example of you know it's one thing if we're talking about a 16 year old because i think in those three or four years you know there's, there's a, a lot. level of maturity yeah there's a lot of maturity yeah um you know uh and you know some people will probably debate that but you know that's one thing right i'm i still will be upset as a parent because i want to know what my child is doing but you know when we're talking about 13 come on now. you know it's it, 13, like, you can't really get a job outside of working at a farm or lying on the application when you're 13. So, you know, people can work on farms super, super early and all that stuff, uh, which is still crazy based off of our agrarian culture uh, that we've had for a long time. But, yeah, I, I just can't subscribe to that. I think it's, again, liberalism that's, that's went out of control, and we just need to stop it. Like folks that are on the left need to tell other folks on the left, please stop. Like stop, stop enacting laws that uh, are, are utter nonsense. Um, because you not only isolate, you not only isolate people that are with you from a policy perspective, but you also drum up the crazies and you create. You, I said it to somebody uh, earlier this week, and we can kind of get into this, but you know. I, I, in some ways, think that, you know, the extreme left provoked the crazies of the extreme right to come on out because yeah. you, you push people too far. You, you've won, right? You have abortion laws. You have stuff in place. You have things that, uh, that, that, that were going your way. You've won in many ways, but you couldn't just take your victory lap and be happy with it. You had to gloat. You had to rub salt in wounds, and you had to push people too far, right? And I always say, you know, it's kind of the case of you if 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 
if you you push people that far to the point where they don't care, they're going to respond in very deplorable ways when they don't care. So I'm like, don't push people so far. Um, yeah, enact laws that are going to protect kids. Uh, yeah, absolutely, kids should be continuing to grow and develop themselves intellectually as independently thinking people. But you're not a full independent citizen capable of carrying out all civic duties at 13. So why in the world are you able to take narcotics and other drugs that can be pumped into you? And quite frankly, uh, I'm gonna get in trouble for this. The American Medical Association is like the last and final mob. And quite frankly, pharmaceutical uh, companies, kids are their last guinea pigs. How is everybody all of a sudden ADHD since 1991? But which kids though? Everybody but, ADHD. But but Marge, which kids though? I mean, I know there is practices that are just oh. just crazy with kids in general. But I feel like this this is targeted group. I feel it's a targeted group because again, like I haven't seen like my career is uh, guys. Don't forget, I was a special edu- special education teacher. So as a special education teacher, the vast majority of our kids who were in special ed were black boys. Black, black and brown boys. And now I started people with the girls as well. And so then I asked myself, how is it possible all these kids that I'm teaching, I'm, I'm spending time with them, I'm realizing, no, this kid is smart as all can be. But the I they not have this IEP, this document we have, that we got to fight to get them out of that says that they're not capable. And they need all these accommodations. But I'm sitting there as their teacher, and I'm like, wait a minute, there's nothing wrong with this kid. And the kid is looking at me saying, I told yeah. you. Yeah. I mean, again, we we know that, one, 70% of teachers are white and female, right? And the, we don't have to go through all of the research uh, here in regards to uh, cultural, cultural relevant teaching and uh, all of that, but you know, there's something to misdiagnosing or even not perceiving certain behaviors um, that black boys engage in or just how they are. Um, It's something to not perceiving it correctly and, oh, this kid needs an IEP or additional accommodations. No. You need accommodations because you're not adapting to understand who who black and brown boys are, how how they they learn best, how they move best. You're trying to apply what you've always done or what you think is best instead of what actual research says or instead of immersing yourself in their culture and getting closer to them so that uh, certain behaviors don't don't make sense. It gets back to the whole uh, what I said, uh, and I don't know if that's it on this podcast, what was it? The nurse in, uh, uh, it was a, a neonatal nurse that was uh, um, uh, about to send this black mother to the psych ward because she was doing this. She was yeah, yeah, constantly was, tapping on her head. That was uh, last week. Yeah, That was last she, week. Yeah, yeah. Black nurse is like, oh, that's how we, that's, well, we scratch our head this way, right? So you, you're seeing something that's relatively normal in my community but you're thinking like this is crazy, and this kid needs no. That kid don't need any additional academic services. And I do want to be clear that our kids that need 
um, the absolute help, but, you know, disproportionality is just out, out of control. And, you know, folks have to want to do better by our children. And that begs an interesting question. Like, do folks actually really want to do better by our children? Uh, and, you know, uh, why is the achievement gap and every other gap still persisting through every iteration of, you know, no left, no child left behind, race to the top and every other? Uh, it's an interesting question. It's like, do we really want to see kids do better? Um, it's interesting. Hmm. Just my minute taking shape on it, you know. If you have any thoughts about this and you're listening on right here, please feel free to, to um, call in at tinyurl.com slash call TSP. Um, all right. So let's, let's, um, let's move forward. Is there anything that's on your mind you want to talk about? That's not something else, but if there's anything in particular, you know, no, 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 no. let's, let's go for it, brother. What's, what's on, what, what's on your mind tonight? Bro? All right. November 1st. No, I'm sorry. Actually, I'm sorry. No, no, it was November 1st. It was October 31st. Supreme Court, affirmative action. They didn't call it affirmative right. action, but that's what they were going after. The um, Association right. of Students Against Unfair Admission Practices, whatever they want to call themselves. And um, mm -hmm. it's interesting because I know for a fact, without a doubt in my mind, without a doubt in my mind, that my attendance of the University of Rochester had a lot to do with the the laws that were in place that allowed that gave me access or gave me um, the gave them the opportunity to admit me on a no fault type situation because they're like hey we have to take him because of this policy that's how I saw it and of course I went there and I proved them wrong you know on many levels but. The fact that the law is important to begin with is the fact that somebody like myself or yourself or a lot of the brothers and sisters out there who might have the tools and the ability but didn't have the appropriate resources that might have needed a little bit more time to be able to be successful in colleges and universities across the country, you know, now they're, they're talking about taking it away completely. Like, that's non-existent. And I don't know how I feel about that because I feel like nothing, nothing has changed since when I was in high school. To, to my last year as a principal of a high school. Like we still got to fight for every inch and for every bit of access in a system that's not, uh, that's not fair. And it's not, it's not meant to give access to people, to people that look like me and you. So, so I don't know if you thought about this, you know, um, but I've spent some time in my, in why my feelings about it. Why do, why do I want, why you want to trigger me this evening? Why you want to trigger me this evening? I don't know why. So let's start because, with because you're, rat, because you're a hood rat. Take take your take your black ass to Morehouse, Spelman, Morgan State, Tougaloo, Philander Smith, uh, Lincoln, uh, Florida A and M, Jackson Fisk. State, Tennessee State. Take your take your ass to fit. Take your ass to HBCU uh, with your brilliant, pretty black and brown asses where you're going to be appreciated, loved, and all that. Once upon a time, we didn't really have that much of a choice, and it was brilliance that just was there. Now, affirmative action. 
You're absolutely correct. I'm 100% with you. It, it has nothing to do with, with merit and how intelligent and how smart I am and how prepared I am. It's, it's purely about an opportunity to be able to invade spaces. And I do say invade because it does feel like you know, you're definitely foreign there, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. You're definitely don't belong. You don't belong. To invade Right. Uh, and some folks will casually let you know. Some folks will overtly uh, let you know that you don't uh, belong. Um, and, you know, I always tell folks have thick skin now because if you get to PWI, you get to upper tier institutions, supposedly, and you don't have thick skin, then first time somebody tell you don't belong and you, you cry and break down and I have to go home. Okay. So that you just didn't have tough skin. Right. And we talked about that uh, before. But, um, it, it, it just gave me an opportunity to be there. I, I probably wouldn't have been at Grenada, Columbia, any other places. Um, um, you know, I want to rare people. You know, I went to uh, Morris Brown, then Grenada. So I went to HBCU and a PWI, uh, then went the whole Ivy League route. So I, I think it, it created an opportunity, but it has nothing to do with uh, um, whether I, from a merit standpoint, uh, I should belong there from the merits of my academics. What we do know is for states, Michigan, California, and other places that have uh, uh, rid themselves of affirmative action, there has been a prompt drop in black and brown students, and black students in particular at upper tier uh, public and private institutions um, that has not recovered at all. You know, there are a few states, maybe down south, that uh, killed affirmative action a while ago, and uh, some of them have been able to recover. Uh, they saw initial dips, uh, but they've been able to recover uh, in terms of uh, uh, getting their black student or brown student population back up to uh, uh, somewhere before affirmative action. But you, know, you look at places like Berkeley and other places, University of Michigan, yeah. Those the recovery has not happened. So that case at Harvard specifically is dealing with Asian uh, and Asian American students uh, that didn't necessarily get their fair take and shake. And I'm not gonna go down the rabbit hole of of oppression Olympics and you killing opportunities for Black folks in the midst of anti-Asian um, hate crimes and attacks, uh, despicable attacks that have occurred on Asian folks. For which there have been calls to allow you uh, ally yourself with the black community um, to, you know, uh, as a partnership to speak out against hate. And on the on the other hand, you know, there's a blatant, you know, an overt concerted effort to make sure that opportunities are cut short in the black community. And again, I don't like getting to the oppression olympics um but you know again history can will fully explain to you why opportunities have been shorter for black folks in this country than any other group right so you know it's 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 sad what's occurring but um for all my people to watch the handmaid's tale i always tell people you know hey pack your bags hey you go bag uh, as my, my Jewish brothers and sisters in in some cases have a go bag because they've been put out put out of countries, run out of countries, or run out of Iran and other places. They had a go bag, but the black people have you a go bag because you know uh, 
this handmade tail shit, you know, Gilead, it, it, it might not be that far off if you look at what the Supreme Court is doing, right? So yeah. Roe v. Wade was really a distraction to me. It, it riled up all the ladies, it riled up the liberals real good, but in the midst of Roe v. Wade, what happened in the background was Miranda rights got dropped, right? The New York's gun law, gun laws got taken down, which means Maryland's ones got taken down, and other states domino because they patterned those laws in New York. So now we got the Wild Wild West everywhere, as well as the Supreme Court in that case, where was it, Maine, where essentially the line between church and state is blurred. So those are three huge cases that got overshadowed while everyone's anger with Roe v. Wade. The police don't even have to Mirandize your black ass no more. And you you hollering out worrying about you got, you know, folks marching the street about what like like literally, you don't have to be Mirandized, right? And now we see this you know Supreme Court going after affirmative action led led by essentially Clarence Thomas, and I think Steve Harvey says, and I'm not too keen on quoting Steve Harvey often like that, you know, because uh, I, I, I love Uncle Steve and executive public intellectual. He never tries to be either. But, you know, he said something very profound. It's nothing more valuable than when the extreme right gets a hold of a, 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 a black man or a black woman that's, that they can, you know, pull a string and you're going to fiddle completely to their string. You know, Herschel Walker, Clarence Thomas, you know, like, it's nothing more valuable to them than that, right? Uh, so this Supreme Court, they are going down a path that's rather scary, uh, not just for liberals, but black people need to be very, 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 weary and leery of what's happening um, because, again, uh, liberals have shown you that, you know, um, it's all good until you move next door. It's all good. Oh, it's good letting a few black people into the schools in Howard County, Maryland, but you're talking about increasing the number of black people to 25, 35, 40%? Wait a minute. That's going to bring my property value down. That, that's going to, that will fundamentally alter my schools. And you're, so liberals are all good until that whiteness is kind of attacked uh, or that whiteness is threatened by uh, blackness. And even if it's bl black excellence, uh, when it's threatened, you know, uh, strange things can occur. So, you know, I always tell my brothers and sisters, you might want to, you know, learn from the, from, from our Jewish brothers and sisters and, you know, get you a go bag and think about, you know, some different locations just in case. Because, again, when I said the other week, toxic polarization, if you look at all the stats right before the Civil War, you know, we're there. <laughs> and look at what the Supreme Court's doing. It's not making it, you know, you bring down, it's not making it any better. So, you know, um, but I just think it's, it's it, 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 it ultimately will hinder opportunities for black and brown students in particular to be able to have access those that are that are worthy and can keep up academically to have access to some of those institutions and you know again take your black ass to morgan state where they have increasing enrollment take your black ass down to jackson state 
and learn your differential equations and all that as well. Honestly speaking. And then sure. take your ass to Yale for graduate school if you need to, if they don't have a program at Jackson State for you. But go where you love. Stop spending your money at the Gucci store. If they don't like I almost said uh, went, went off the deep end right there. Take, 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 take. <laughs> I'm not so, buying Tom Ford glasses no more because I it's a black female owned brand that I can rock and I'm good with it. Takes put put your money where you you know spend where you go where you feel comfortable and where you want to be. Um, but you know again, I, I, I'm not a fan of removing opportunities for black and brown kids or black and brown folks in general. So I, I just posted in the comments the um, what the Miranda rights thing is is a is a big one. So this was um, I posted an article from CNN. It says Supreme Court limits ability to enforce Miranda rights, and this is as of um, Thursday, June twenty third, two thousand twenty two. And I guarantee you, a lot of people don't even know about this. We're talking about literally last June. It's been months since that. So I'm just read the first paragraph to you, so you have it, understand what it says. It says the Supreme Court limited the ability to enforce Miranda rights in a ruling Thursday that said that suspects who are not warned about their rights to remain silent cannot sue police officer or damages. I'm sorry, for damages under federal civil rights law, even if the evidence was utterly um, used against them in, in their criminal trial. So guess what? 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 But Archie said right now is facts, and I guarantee you a lot of you don't know that. You're still watching Law and Order and watching TV shows and watching them say you have the right mm-hmm. to remain silent, and you're thinking that is law. No, that is not theater. It's mm-hmm. not theater. Yeah, you know, it's, but, um, it's good theater. <laughs> it's good theater. Well, I, I, now, 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 when, when people say rights, let, let me clarify this. All right, here we go. Tyson's going off the you got, you got the rights right, to not have hear rights. This. You don't have rights. What rights? American citizens don't have rights. I don't care if you white, black, or whatever, right? I only folk. First of all, oh, it's it's a bill of rights. It's a constitution. Get out of here. That constitution was written. Bill of rights is written by old privilege. White, but, you, but you know what, though? Slave owning. But my brother, men. my brother. But I'll even say this because people don't understand. When they hear that, I feel like they still get stuck into into the rhetoric of, you know, 1700s. It was written I'm for a, them. I'm, I'm, go, ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. My bad. My bad. I'm going to tell you. It was written for them exclusively, right? It wasn't written for you, right? But beyond that, Right, I can prove you don't have rights as an American citizen. What you have are privileges. How do you know? I'm about to say now you got privileges. Privileges. Yes, because if you don't believe me, ask our Japanese brothers and sisters during World War II, who were American citizens, who overnight literally had their rights, supposed rights stripped from them as if they weren't there and thrown in internment camps. What rights do you have if someone can take it away from you so readily overnight and do whatever? You have privileges. Privileges can be removed. That's like 
no, my kids have a ton of privileges, but y'all don't have a right to speak in my house. <laughs> it's my house, right? <laughs> it's my it's my house. You have it's a privilege. <laughs> and you know, if you had a grandma like I had a grandma. Again, I said my grandma's chopped cotton right down in Mississippi, right? They were sharecroppers, so they they forearms were hard. So if I spoke out of turn, you know, getting getting backhand by you know a, a lady that chopped cotton for for decades, I'm finna tell you, it, it changes you know your your understanding of your right to speak. But you don't have rights; yeah. you literally have privileges you have rights that are written down on a piece of paper that weren't for you and you think that you're overtly protected well well with george floyd's rights people's rights get violated and taken away every single day we watch it and yet we still truly have brainwashed ourselves into believing that we have rights we brainwashed ourselves into believing that you know we don't have our, our like we don't we, that privileges are our rights. Oh, you got privileges because again, should should things go sideways, just as just as what happened to the Japanese Americans during World War Two, they were American citizens, American citizens that literally got put in internment camps overnight. So what are we talking about? Rights? What? <laughs> what, what, what are we talking about? Like somebody can get over here and debate me. They can go through, you know, we can play history. We can go through history, but I'm just saying, like, I'm just talking off the cuff here. But like, you know, saying rights, right? It's, I understand what you're saying, I, and I've read the Bill of Rights, the documents, and all this stuff. All men are created equal, and all, all this and carrying on. I mean, have you really read Thomas Jefferson's notes on the state of Virginia? Do you have you read what he really thought about black people? Have you, do you understand the whole notion that he really kicked off the scientific movement to prove black inferiority? Like all of that dominoes from, read notes on the state of Virginia, then people can come back and talk, talk to me about rights and what founding fathers actually truly thought. And that doesn't mean that in some capacity they weren't great. Hell, we talked about it last week. Kanye was great in some capacity and had some shit that, you know, <laughs> he, wasn't, he wasn't so great at, right? Same thing applies to them. They were human. They were men, right? Looking out for their families and their self-interest and, you know, um, yeah, okay. We'll put this right thing down just as long as uh, it works for us. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you're listening right now, do me a favor. I mean, like, like, share, subscribe. You know, whatever platform. Right now we're streaming on YouTube, we're on um, Twitter, on LinkedIn, and Facebook. Um, so I got to put that out there so we can push this algorithm to get this content out there. And again, you've been invited by Brother Archie. If you have a counter-argument to what he just said, tinyurl.com slash call TSP. Please call in. Again, you can use, you can use a... Anonymous name, and you can also turn your camera off. So you, you don't have to be on camera. But um, if you're interested, the offer has been made. Um, it's funny. What the thing that that I, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to be the voice of those or a portion of the audience that might be watching right now, thinking to themselves, I want to ask a question, but I I don't want to put myself out there. 
then the question is, oh, yeah. then what do we do? What is what, what? Why do we even try? I think this, we 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 continue to uh, enjoy the privileges that we have. Uh, I think that we continue to um, figure out strategies to uh, enrich ourselves um, mentally, physically, and culturally, and with w- w- wealth. Um, and you know, you you and you start to build, figure out how to build your own again. And again, the history of, you know, black folks in this country, uh, every time we built something up, it's been attacked and destroyed. But you, you again, with the Supreme Court uh, blurring the lines between church and state with the Maine school case, um, is it Maine or Vermont? I think it's Maine. Um, you, you have the opportunity to figure out how to open private schools again. You think Phillips Exeter Academy, Tote, Andover, and others, they don't give a damn what's happening in the public schools. <laughs> like, literally, I've been to Eden College over there with Prince Harry and then went to school. They go to school in tuxedos. They are taught to rule. Right? Uh, I've been to Exeter. Right? I, I haven't been a student at Eden College. I went there as an adult. Uh, taking kids there on a, a learning expedition, but I've been a student at Phyllis Exit Academy in the summer, and eh, it's, it's 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 something different. So you know, again, I think you enjoy your privileges, and I think you what's 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 different by that? Continue to you can't just go. You said it's something different, what, what, but but yeah, you said it's something that you said what's different. Actually, yeah, because I, the reason I think it's very you, important to talk about are, that. Is that people are listening right now that might not have that experience at all? I went to a private. I went to a elite private when school you, in Africa, so I understand. I, I think I know what you mean by different. So t- please share with that. You you're not. So we hear this whole thing: competition, com- compete, 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 compete. Like you're you're not really taught to compete. Like if you're there, you, you're. I mean, it's you're essentially being taught to rule. I mean, like you, 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 you're, you're taught that you know you are the, the cream of the crop, talented tenth, whatever. Like you're taught to rule. Like you're not there to learn how to compete with everyone else. Why am I even thinking about competing with? And I went to little old Sheffield High School in Memphis, Tennessee, right? Who barely didn't have gas in our biology and chemistry labs, right? And you go to Exeter. And they got an animal behavior lab with Komodo dragons. What are we even talking about here? Well, I took marine biology. I took marine biology. I had class on the beach. (laughs) We collected. So I'm just saying, like, you know, their whole music building, Steinway songs. What what are we talking about here? So you're not, like, you're not taught that this thing is equal or equability and all. That's not the, the point and or the goal. Right. Um, so just getting back to the previous one, I think we you enjoy your privileges and figure out how to continue to try and reinvest and build, start to figure out how to build your own again, uh, as well as make sure you think about an exit strategy. Because, again, it ain't no secret. I, you know, liberals make a lot of noise, but it ain't no secret who got all the guns. <laughs> like. 
you know, well, I got guns. <laughs> I don't know about some other folks. I got guns, but like, you know, you might want to think about an extra strategy. You know, again, just thinking about the level of toxic polarization and the folks that are taught to rule, they're, they're not concerned in the least bit. Recessions. Why? Why am I concerned with the recession? That's poor talk. It's the same way when I hear people talk about, oh, filing bankruptcy, Chapter Seven, all that. Have you ever heard a rich person worry about, oh, not a rich, a wealthy person worry about bankruptcy? What do they call it? Restructuring. Restructuring, yeah. Oh, we're going to restructure this. We're going to restructure the corporation. Like, yeah, so I'm just like, it's you're not taught to to think so, in so, ways that it's almost like the inverse of coming up in the hood where I think poverty forces you to make decisions differently. Extreme wealth and privilege also forces you to make decisions differently. And if you find yourself as a poor person injected into that space, um, you become you have a, a a different and interesting outlook on stuff because you've been taught to make decisions from a poverty lens, but you've also been taught to make decisions from an extreme privilege, not just privilege, but extreme privilege lens. And it's it, it can find you can find yourself in very uncomfortable spaces um, and you can easily lose yourself. Uh, because I'm going to tell you, poverty is a beast, and you know you, you find yourself not want to deal with that. But I, it, but it's 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 not. Again, when, when you're not taught to compete and you're taught to rule, that's a different type of education. Yeah, it's um. So as you were talking, I was thinking about um one of my favorite um series, Game of Thrones, and um Tywin Lannister said the quote. The lions do not concern themselves with the happenings of sheep, you know, yeah. and and that's something that's something that's very. It's funny because I feel like in our media the story is being told that we just don't listen, you know. These folklores that we call TV shows literally are telling us reality. This is a reflection of your your state of, of being. The Lannisters are the Bushes. They are the Kennedys. They are these these spaces and these. You know, um, these families that have been around for such a long time, and going back to the founding fathers, they were the Bill of Rights belonged to them and their descendants. It's about their bloodline. And for everybody else, it's a privilege. It's, it's there, you know, as an advantage for you, but it can also be taken away from you at any given time. There's one thing about rights, right? Rights is something that's, that's supposed to be set in stone and belonging to you but a privilege feels like a right it feels like yeah, yeah i feel like i have a right you know but no but these folks are, are, are messing it up for them i'm telling you that like now we love to watch the magnet folks are messing it up because I, honestly they have figured out <laughs> i'm getting in real trouble for this <laughs> right they have figured out that really wealthy white people it's not black people that screw you over, even though they take out their anger and rage on us. It's really wealthy white people that are conservative that are actually screwing you over. And like, this is what's happening. They're treating you all 
like they've always, or you just found out that they're treating you like they've always treated black folks. But it like it's just done. Like it just literally it just, it just, hit, it just hit you. Years. It just hit you. you see, it, it hit them like, wait a minute, I don't have a pot to piss in. I can barely afford gas. Why did this black person just drive past me in a Range Rover with two beautiful children and a wife going to like? You can't treat me like this. I'm an American. I have rights, <laughs> and if I don't have rights, like. You know, I'm white, and that has to mean something because you told me when we consolidated this Englishman, Frenchman, Irishman, you know, all these melted it into white so that you could be, even if you don't have a pot to piss in, you could be slightly better than the most esteemed black person by virtue of your skin, but you just realized that, like, maybe we should stop taking direction from the establishment, because what have they done for us? I'm still stuck in this coal mine that my father, my grandfather, and great-grandfather worked. What what has hating black people done, Duffy? So they just kind of start to wake up, and they're bucking, they're bucking against the system. I mean, they're pissed off at liberal folks. They're still mad at, you know, but, but like, they ain't concerned about the establishment on, especially politically on that side. It's a strange thing, right? It's a very, very strange thing, right? Where you have like, uh, what did I hear a group of black people say the other day? Jeez, like if we could go back to the days of George Bush type of Republicans, <laughs> like we would take that, like especially Trump was <laughs> the white. Like folks would literally say like, if we could go, and we thought like the Bush year, we were complaining. Folks were like, yo, we can go back to those Republicans, like, because like, these other folks are like, but they're just bucking the system because they don't, some of them are trying to, one, protect this whiteness they've been sold on, but two, protect this American dream that they either hadn't realized or either they got a small sliver and they're, they're saying, my whiteness should give me more and I don't understand why I have more. So we're going to start taking charge because these established people that we thought were having our best interests in mind, really just doing us like they do everybody else. I think they just figured that out. You know, um, they're willing to attack everybody on January 6th because they figured it out. And I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to shut up. Black people on January 6th, they might not say it, but I'm going to say it. The insurrection bothered us. You know, the whole idea of insurrection against the United States of America, your home country, patriotic, yada, yada. Oh, that was bothersome. But what really troubled us was us watching this unfold and like, wow, we are really hated. Because if that would have been us, there would have been bodies all over the street. Yeah. We would have shot dead. Shot dead like dogs in the street. Because tear gas and stuff were used to clear out folks that were peacefully protesting near the White House. So, you know, black people interestingly stayed out of that whole thing. Ah, oh, this argument, let the rich white people and the uh, poor white people go ahead and we'll see how, this, how the dust settles. But, you know, I don't know. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll shut up and stop stop talking now, but, you know, 
it it is it is very interesting and I, again i think people should continue to enjoy the privileges they have this is not north korea right enjoy the privileges you have but then also realize that they are privileges stop living in a bubble hollered out about you have rights and you watch every day rights are violated by agents of the state and i ain't just talking about police i'm talking about teachers and principals because you know if yeah. you're a teacher or you're a principal public school, you know you're an agent of the state technically right so you also technically technically not technically not technically you are you are you are a public that. school employee that is paid by a public entity that is a city entity that gets funding from this, your state that you're in as well as the federal government. So you are an agent of the state as well. And I know all my little woke liberal folks that I'm not an agent. Right? Do you teach the curriculum that you fully want to teach? Because if I come to your classroom and say, well, let's talk about the murder of Fred Hampton. And it is a murder, assassination of Fred Hampton, like and what he was actually trying to do with bringing poor white people, black people, Hispanic people, and, and gay people all together to build a coalition. He had to go. Like, can you say that openly in your classroom? Some some places you might, some places you can't. You're an agent of the state, right? And you violate kids' rights too. Public servant, yeah. You you violate kids' rights. Right? Agent of the government. So, Right, so you are, you you violate folks' rights, and then you thumb your nose at officers that do it. Um, um, you know, uh, shooting somebody and killing them quickly, and you killing them very slowly by not even teaching them. You come, you bring your lazy tail to school. Uh, oh yeah, I'm finna go in now. You bring your lazy mm. tail to school. You about, get, you about, you, you you about to get the channel shoot. shut down. You about to get it shut down, but it's cool. Shut us down. Yeah. Yeah, how dare you not teach? Try and teach your ass off every day to make sure kids know how to read. And then you 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 get up here the minute a principal or someone says something to you, let me call my union rep. I want to do your, your your kids can't read. Forget a union. Like I'm talking about black and brown kids that can't read. What kind of chance are you giving them? Right? Are you respecting their rights? Right? So uh, you know, uh, rights. You know, people need to wake up and realize you have some great privileges here in the U.S. and utilize those and try and bring other people, pull other people up, and don't be expecting people to pull themselves up out of bootstraps. They need a helping hand. You help pull them up because again, Dr. King said it's a crude, what a crude gesture to ask a bootless man, bootless woman, a bootless them day, or whoever to. Pull themselves up by the bootstraps. And they don't have boots. <laughs> and it ain't just black people that don't have boots. You got some poor ass white people that don't have boots. And that's why they're mad as shit at these rich folks that have been conservative, Republican, in power, ain't did nothing for them either. So guess what? They doing something about it. Sucks. How about liberals all get on the same page? Black people try to get on the same page and do something about it. Might be an interesting idea. Liberals spend so much time fighting each other on basic stuff, they can't get anything done. Even when they got a majority in Congress, majority in the Senate, majority, I mean, and you're in the White House. You still can't get nothing done. Because you fight each other all the time.
right, yep, that's my troubling speech. Somebody's <laughs> gonna be like, Did you just call teachers lazy? Yes, I call some teachers lazy because I've seen a, a good deal of lazy teachers, and then I've seen exceptional teachers. Just got through talking about one earlier. My fifth grade teacher, Miss Pat Jones, was the best teacher on the planet. Just to the nines every day. She drove a money green Mercedes fur coat and everything was a learning experience. She never called me bad, though I deserved to be called bad because I was a bad child. <laughs> she called me a public nuisance and I had to go look up what a public nuisance was. Right? And I appreciate every learning lesson she taught. But like, yeah, you come to school and you're being late. You, none of your kids know how to read. Stop blaming others. Like, look in the mirror and blame yourself. Right? And don't run to your union rep talking about, oh, someone said something about my performance evaluation. Your kids can't read. That's terrible. That's deplorable also, right? And you tell them, you come to me talking about your kids can't read. That's too. And I ain't talking to the great teachers, the good teachers, the folks who care, the folks who put in their work, the folks who make sure that even not having resources down in the Mississippi Delta, they make sure their kids can read, write, calculate, and have opportunities to go and try and do something to uplift their community. I'm talking to the folks that go and collect the check. Yeah, if you out there, collect the check and don't get the job done. You're an agent of the state. You're contributing to the problem. I feel I feel like I got I gotta jump in real quick because um there's a man out there right now that I gotta give props to, Mr. Mike. Um because I remember being in school here in this country, in America, and um, being, thrown, being thrown into special ed, and I, and I couldn't read. You know, that was my biggest struggle. And, um, and all the teachers that I had at Budlong Elementary School, at Adams Street Elementary School in L.A. were, were hands all up, you know. The best country in the world, the best, you know, trained teachers, right. And my mother took me back to, took me back to Nigeria. And Mr. Mike, who was my fourth grade teacher and my fifth grade teacher, was also my tutor. This man would tell me his words. I don't know why you do not understand this. You are brilliant. What is your problem? You're brilliant. In his insults, he was praising me. In, in, his, in his verbal abuse, he was pouring into me. And I'll be honest with you. I'll be up sitting there with a kerosene lamp with my book trying to get through what amounted to C-Spot Run because I wanted to impress this man who kept on calling me brilliant. Even though he said, I don't know what's wrong with you, <laughs> but you're brilliant. And guess what, Mr. Mike? It's been, it's been decades. It's been decades. I was in the fourth grade. And here I am now, 46 years old. Mr. Mike, guess what? I followed you in your steps. I became an educator just like you. But you took a kid that I was, that was thrown away in Los Angeles and told that he was not going to be anything beyond dyslexic and all the things they labeled me with. And here I am right now. I believe hood rat. What can I say? But thank you. And I was there like, like the, the, the great educators that saved like that, that poured into me. It's like, you know, again, I always say the Mr. Jimmy Holland who was uh, my seven foot, four hundred pound principal there at Sheffield Middle School? Like you know, you you saved a lot of life, like literally saved a lot of lives. So you know, uh, again, we we have such talent, 
in 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 our communities and we get so distracted by the easiest of things a gucci bag will distract us right <laughs> like you know so i i think again folks need to make sure that they understand privileges that they have and use those privileges to build something to try and own something um, everybody wants to stack up and live in, you know, five, six, seven cities and like, oh, why don't you go and, you know, buy land, rural property and start a school uh, uh, or, or start a town or uh, start a business or, you know, uh, uh, grow, grow some food so you're not having to buy whatever from the grocery store. You're complaining about prices. Okay, you can grow butter beans and rosemary and eggplant and watermelon and strawberry. You, you can grow that, <laughs> right? So, you know, uh, I'm just one of those folks that, you know, says that uh, um, for folks that get in there and do their job every day, I'm, I'm all with you for folks that are, you know, just want to be collect a check and want to be loud and doing a disservice. You're, you're, you're killing kids slowly and nerve to get up there and talk about when someone kills someone fast. I mean, honestly speaking, I don't want to die by the death of a thousand cuts. Just go ahead and take me out back, shoot me in the back of the head if I'm terminal, right? Or if you just gotta, if you just gotta let me go, go ahead, shoot me in the back of the head, give me a, you know, quick one. Don't give me death by a thousand cuts, but that's exactly what's happening. Death by a thousand cuts. Now, we do know that, you know, 70% of teachers are white and female, um, but state legislators also run. Um, the teacher of the year from Kentucky the other year is not no longer a teacher in the classroom. I think he works at a university now um, because he just got fed. He's gay and got fed up with, uh, he's out open and, and a wonderful, beautiful person. And just, I think he's got fed up with the BS from the school and the district and the state. How is someone that phenomenally talented run out of the classroom? Uh, because it's, by, it's, it's lazy, no-talent people that get in positions uh, because they're privileged or someone throws them in a position, and they create damage and harm, and it's, it sucks. Uh, so I always say, you know, if you're one of those folks that's out there and, and your kids can't read and, and you're not trying to improve and figure it out, you need to find something else to do because as an agent of the state, you're also slowly killing folks and violating rights. Um, so, you know, that's that's just my, you know, miniature take and, take and shake on that. But, yeah, I mean, overall, the whole, the tenor of the night is, people, you have privileges. Don't fool yourself into believing that you have rights, right? And find yourself, you know, really falling off the cliff of disappointment because, you figure out that rights don't really exist for you and you have privileges that can, you know, be granted and taken away. So, you know, again, as always, people, love you all. I could be wrong. <laughs> I'm wrong. I'm wrong all the time. I'm wrong a million times a day. I'm married to Google. Uh-oh, my wife is going to be mad at me on that one. I call her Google because, you know, uh, she's invaluable. So, uh yeah, but I, I can be wrong, uh, and that's cool. And that's just just my opinion. Uh, uh, don't mean to offend anyone, hurt anyone, drum up any ill will. But I do mean to go ahead and tell the truth. And the truth is, I've worked with some 
fantastic educators, and I've worked with some terrible folks. I I have encountered uh, some officers that, man, do so much for the community, and they take a lot of flack, and I've encountered some folks that shouldn't have a gun and badge, and they can't, they literally can't wait to shoot somebody, <laughs> right? They couldn't even be an officer in, in, in Britain or other countries where officers don't carry guns. They literally signed up to shoot somebody, right? And, and everything in between. So, you know, root those folks out, uh, uh, continue to push, continue to fight. But people, enjoy enjoy your privileges. Recognize the privilege you have. I recognize that I'm very, very privileged and very fortunate, and it can be you know, removed. And again, I'm not under any illusion as a person that has been abused by agents of the state <laughs> that I have rights because I, 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 when, like, again, show me where this is held up really, really well other than for wealthy white people. Because poor white people don't 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 think that you <laughs> your privileges may be a, bit, a little bit better than mine, but don't be thinking that you just got like privileges privileges like that. Because you know they still locking folks up that were <laughs> that were doing that were out there January the sixth, so yeah. they couldn't believe. Did you come and get me and lock me up? Sure, we lock you up too. So yeah, we're coming we're coming to the close of this episode and um. And I, I want to throw, I, again, Ar Archie, you say a lot of things that get my brain thinking. And um, and uh, you're talking about buying, like, about schools and buying schools, but then buying Gucci, you know, like stuff like that. And it's interesting because there's an article from earlier this week about uh, NBA referee Derek Richardson, who bought an elementary school in my, my, in my American hometown, Inglewood, California, he bought an elementary school named after his mother, who was a longtime teacher. And it made me, you know, when you said that, I think about the those of us who are more privileged in resources, you know. And it, it, sometimes I, I ask myself, rather than buying that that chain that you want to let everybody know, that I spent, you know, that bracelet I spent, you know, three hundred thousand, a million dollars on my wrist. Yep. Imagine what that million dollars can do if you bought a school, put the right people in there. And wrote, and, and it's a, maybe it's a nonprofit. So you're you're ripping all you're ripping the benefits of owning a non non for profit, you know, which, which you can maybe have a foundation you put your money into that alleviates your tax, you know, commitments, but also benefits the, the, the community. So Derek Richardson, who's a longtime NBA referee veteran, and people, if you don't know what veterans make in the NBA who are referees, they get paid. They don't get paid like LeBron money, you know. They pay, they get paid. Like, you know, good enough, like I could live a very comfortable life money. But he put money into the community, which is crazy because, again, he bought a whole damn school and lived after his mother and right. now the school is going to function to serve the kids in the community. I'm sorry. Jalen Rose, also school, runs schools yeah. in Detroit. Um, now, one of, the interesting, one of the interesting things about what Kanye was trying to do in his final hours as a billionaire also is trying to open doctor schools. Medical because what public, what public schools are funded and propped up by our black, or private schools by our black few in between billionaires? They make donations, but like what school 
Like, can you imagine if Oprah decided, like, no, we're going to have, I mean, she runs schools in South Africa, but she's going to have the old school. And it's an old school in New York. It's an old school in Mississippi. Private academy with, you know, world-class facilities. It's an old school in California, old school in Chicago. Like, can you imagine, like, if if that's what we thought? But, yeah, we would rather actually spend $300,000 on, you know, uh, uh, chains and necklaces and go to the strip club and throw, throw a whole bunch of money. I'm not going to say I have never been there <laughs> and threw away some money because I, I, I wouldn't fake yesterday and I'm not going to be fake today. Right? <laughs> Let's be real because some people, somebody going somebody to see this and be like, I was there with him when <laughs> how does he even know Thunder personally? Like she know him like she know him like she's dapped him up. So like <laughs> some, somebody somebody's gonna call and say, No, nah, that brother, I don't see him tossing. Yeah, I'm not gonna say I had dabbled and people dabble. Enjoy yourself. Life is short. My grandfather just passed away. He's 88. Enjoy yourself. Life is short. I'll plead the fifth. But, but, I, I, all right, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm going to let you plead the fifth, right? Enjoy yourself. But, again, make investments. When I tell people, get 529s for your kids, buy books. Uh, my friend Al runs Barbershop for books. It, make investments in things that are going to build the community up. And, yeah, like, Again, um, what would have been the power if Kanye's wealth would have continued to increase and he would have actually got an opportunity to open 50 Donda schools that could have served black and brown kids and could have been using some of that wealth to filter into there? That's a real good reason to clip you, is it not? Because that's being revolutionary, right? So, because as long as you, as long as you throwing money around and you know buying a bunch of cheap, uh, even though they charge you three hundred thousand dollars for jewelry, you know it's only worth like fifty thousand dollars. We're trying to trade it back in, right? It's not like it's a a watch that you can go over to Switzerland and flip out in the watch exchange and get market value for it, right? So, it it it's it's one where I just encourage folks like put your money where your mouth is, like. Are you really gonna like if if you need more rims, you need more silly stuff? But again, I understand. I grew up in the culture. We gotta shine because we don't know what our last moment is. We don't know what somebody did what we did when we were teenagers. Somebody come put a bullet in the back of our head for something stupid that happened when we were fifteen, or we don't know. Just driving home, you know, it might be officer whoever Randy's day to you know let me go Negro hunting, right? This, these are realities. These are stresses and pressures that we feel. So I understand, like, let me shine right now uh, and show you everything I have. But there must be some investment in the future. There must be some investment in something that's beyond yourself. And I think that, you know, there are opportunities to escape these slums because people have went to black people migrated and went to liberal cities looking for the promised land, Nicholas Lincoln and all these people write about this, but found, found wastelands and slums in many yeah. cases. Some were able to get out. Some have been in slums multi-generational. Uh, it might be time to return back home, as Charles Blow said. Take your ass back to Georgia where you can go ahead and exert your political power and flip a state that had been firmly red to purple onto blue. Take your ass back there. 
where you can breathe. You got a little air and you can start to actually impact and make some change. Take your ass back to Mississippi. They'll stay 40-some percent black. All you got to do is get some of y'all black ass to leave Chicago, Cleveland, Kansas City. You ain't doing shit there anyway. Go there and see if you can go ahead and get a black senator elected there. You got plenty of land. Build your bigger house. Here, you sell your house up there, you can get a mini mansion uh, down in Mississippi and 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 work on buying some land and trying to build a school for kids in the county. But we don't want to do that because we look we're interested in Gucci. <laughs> right? Uh, so, you know, I always tell people don't 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 come to me with foolishness because I'm just gonna tell like 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 if I come and check your children's if I check your house, do you got cheap plastic toys? Or uh which ain't nothing wrong with some cheap plastic toys. You got, or do you got books to your kids? How often do you read to your kids? Right? Are your kids wild about books? Do you, have you have you put money aside, you got accounts for them to go to college or to go to I don't give a damn if they want to go to college or not. I prefer to go to college, but again, if my if my baby girl come to me and say, like, nope, I turn eighteen, I wanna take all this money, it's five twenty nine, and I wanna go on a four year learning expedition the continent of Africa, I'm going to start in uh, Port Durban, and I'm going to end in Casablanca and work my way all through, like, yeah, I mean, it's just like it. people are like, oh, it's some sketchy parts of Africa, sketchy parts of the U.S. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, so I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, so, oh your, your kid can get raped. Uh, 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 have you looked at the crime stats here? Right, so when was, uh, la- when was the know, last time we heard? When was the last time we heard about a school shooting in Africa? Exactly, <laughs> and that, that, that's my point. Sometimes people, again, enjoy these American privileges. Just know, as Jordan said, it, it's a cost of winning. So yeah, you're here, you're winning. Oh, I'm an executive. I got the you know big job, big car. Yeah, it's a cost of that. Yeah, it's dodging bullets. You can't take your grandma to church to the grocery store. You scared your kid going to school. You can't go to a festival, right? You can't go to the movie theater. Can't ride a train. Like, it's a cost to the privilege you have. You just have to decide, does the stress of that cost, uh, does it add up enough for you to continue playing the particular game? Or, you know, do you want to move on and see how someone else does it? you know, differently. And, you know, again, it's a, it's a cost to live in New York City. You pay a lot to live in the shoebox. Right? You can go, again, you can move down to Alabama. Oh, there are races there. Have you been around New York City? <laughs> I'm like, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty freaking racist around New York City and state. What are we talking about here? It's different. But, you know, it's overt. It's overt, but it's it's often also right in your face. Right. So I'm just like, ain't no difference in New York and Alabama in that regard. With a couple different laws, I'm like, ain't no. I've seen Confederate flags in New York City, upstate New York. Oh my goodness. So what what are we talking about here? But yeah. I always say like, go go try something else try something different my wife left new york with me and went to arkansas people gave her all kind of play arkansas what's that in arkansas try something different what do, what do, what's the what you what you scared of again somebody told me i hadn't been to dubai i'm going or uae they were like a woman could lose their engagement ring and somebody would pick it up and turn it into the police 
Yep. Because it's virtual. Now, you don't have the same rights or privileges that you might have in the U.S., but your privileges are different. They're like certain crimes are just not happening there. But we thumb our nose and look down on folks because they think or do things differently. But look at the stuff you have to put up with for your so-called rights. Some of y'all take y'all engagement ring off as soon as y'all y'all go to get your son haircut. <laughs> you know, well, I guess it's black barbers in, in, in suburbs now. Go get your son haircut in the hood. You got your engagement ring took off. Terrified of your people, right? <laughs> so I'm saying, like, like maybe you try something different within this country. Like, try something different elsewhere. Tuck the chain in. Tuck the chain in. <laughs> right. I mean, so that's just my thing there is don't be afraid to, you know, say, hey, maybe I, let me explore how privileges happen somewhere else. And you, man, people hear me talk about it all the time. Anybody knows me knows, uh, you know, I always say, hey, I'm I'm getting the hell out of Dodge going to Barbados one of these days. Well, it's just because I don't want to, like, I just don't want to think so hard about stuff sometimes, you know? <laughs> so maybe you should try something different sometimes. Like, hell, if you didn't. In 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 Boston, uh, uh, and you and Boston is woo-wee. It's gonna be some people mad at me, but all my <laughs> <it's> Boston. <laughs> in Boston yeah, makes you laugh. Yo, because 